Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Did you know today, Joe? I'm going to be filming myself dyeing my hair? I did know that and I am a little bit concerned, but as we've discussed, you've done a box dye job on yourself before. I have. I actually saw, which is really interesting, um, I think this is, I think I'm doing it this at the perfect time. So the cut put a post up last night, I think. Yeah. And it said, people are panic buying hair dye. It's the new toilet paper, <laughs> which is so funny. So people must be actually like buying hair dye from the supermarket and it must, the shelves might, must be empty. This looks like it's in America, but yeah. So I'll be um, filming my box dye job. And we actually at a door, we started stocking the L'Oreal Paris hair dyes. Yeah, we've got you. Yeah, so we've got you. And I'm even doing, I actually had quite a few inbox messages on Instagram saying that they were waiting for someone else to do it. Oh, Yeah, so I've had like some people message me saying like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing this. That will be on YouTube in the coming couple of weeks. So definitely subscribe if you're interested to find out how to box dye your own hair at home. Well, it makes total sense because imagine. Imagine all the people that get their hair dyed every six weeks to cover greys. Yeah. It's, pro- it's been like six weeks of isolation now, hasn't it? How long's it been? I'm losing track of time. <laughs> I've lost track of life. Yeah. It really just doesn't feel like real life. I wake up every day thinking that like this is made up and then it takes me like 30 seconds to realise what what's going on. <laughs> well, I'm actually taking the opportunity to just, um, I've written down all my goals in that oh, goal the journal. Yeah. And so I'm like taking this time to like actually achieve some goals because I never really do that. I just okay. live day to day and yeah. just survive. <laughs> Survive on like survive on mac and cheese and hinge dates. <laughs> yes. So, what is on this episode, Joanna? So, on today's episode, we are talking about in our cringy convo how often people wash their bras. Because I had this conversation with my friends the other day. It's very specific, but that's what we're discussing. And then we have a special guest on to talk about the biggest difference between professional hair care and the stuff that you can buy from the supermarket. The one and only Natalie Ann. Yes, super excited. And of course, our PWD KWN. So maybe to open this cringy convo, can I share with you, um, there's a Huffington Post article called... 17 hilarious tweets about the struggle with boob sweat. How good's the internet, by the way? Like, I can't believe this is an article. So I'm going to read out a few of the funniest ones. Yeah. It's so hot in LA today, I could water my whole garden with my boob sweat. (laughs) Boob sweat must be a real thing. Yeah, well, for girls with big boobs, like bigger than you and I, yeah, you do get a lot of boob sweat. Like, there's a lot of, like overhang and cleavage and there's a lot of places for sweat to accumulate so I'm not surprised. Okay you have not lived until you've walked down a busy street with visible boob sweat. I'm wondering if I've ever had visible (laughs) boob sweat. I have from exercising. Yeah probably in like a white t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Boob sweat is my perfume this evening. (laughs) Line forms to the left fellas. (laughs) Oh this is a cute one. I don't have pull but I was swimming in boob sweat this afternoon, so I've got that going for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the little things. So I was having this conversation with two of my friends the other day, the things that you talk about when you're in isolation. We've run out of other Mm -hmm. things to discuss. So we got onto the topic of washing your bras. I am guilty of 
not doing this enough. And I actually yes. looked up how often you're meant to wash your bra. And according to Reader's Digest, um, because the bras touch your body, they should be getting washed every three to four wears. Are you washing your bras every three to four wears? I, to be honest with you, this is one thing that I'm very good at. Is really? Washing undies, washing undies, wearing panty liners every day and washing my bras. I am like, I, okay. I was going to say, I wash my undies everywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. But I change my undies. I think I change my undies once a day as well. And I wear panty liners yes. and I wash my bras really frequently. The only thing that I'll say that I probably don't wash frequently enough is my sports bras. Oh, really? See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. So I wash my sports bras every use. Like every time I wear a crop or a sports bra, it goes in the wash. But for some reason, an underwire bra can literally go like three months without being washed. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't put them in the wash. I just like take it off and I put it on like the towel rail and I just forget about it. I'm like, you don't need to be washed. You're just, you just, you just don't count. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I think I'm probably better than you then at the yes, bra washing thing. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I thought you'd be the same as me. Do you know what? How many bras do you own though? That's probably the question. I have a uh, lot of bras and I have, I have the same bra. I rotate a few. What's your fave? The one I'm wearing most at the moment is like a soft cup that I got from Cotton On Body. Okay. But the annoying thing is, is that when you're cold, you can see your nips through your top. So not a bad thing if you're single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Jennifer Aniston. It is very Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Very 90s. Um, yeah. But the other one that I wear is a, just a t-shirt bra, like a nude one. Oh, is that the burly t-shirt bra? Um, no, I think this one's from Target. I have, God, you really don't splurge on your bras. I don't splurge on my bras, but it's something that you should splurge on, right? You should. Totally. So I I have pretty much no sexy bras. I have like one or two sexy bras. I actually bought this bra that has a sequin star over the nipple. Oh, (laughs) when do you wear that one? Um, to festivals. Like I don't have anywhere. What? Not on display. Not on display, but I just wear it for fun to a festival. Wow. Like you don't okay. see it. Yeah. But um, actually I do think at one festival like my sister pulled my like or like a friend pulled my top off oh. and you could just see that my stars <laughs> on my bra. <laughs> it wasn't rude, but to be honest, in isolation I only wear Lululemon crop tops. Yes. I've just been like loving of soft crop. Oh, I haven't been – I haven't put a bra on in weeks. Yeah. But – Probably the last time I wore a bra was on that date I went on just before we went into isolation. Oh, was it the star bra or you didn't whip that one out for the date? (laughs) No. I'm trying to remember. I probably put my only nice lacy bra on for that date. Okay. But I didn't know it was going to be the last date I ever went on. It would have gone differently if you'd known. (laughs) Yes, totally. But I pretty much day-to-day to work, I wear the same burly T-shirt bra and I pretty much wash that after every second wear. Really? That's very good, Hannah. I did not expect that from someone that, that likes to sleep after exercising. I thought I didn't think you'd be a second wear bra washer. That's really surprising news to me. And it's kind of like when you wash your sheets. Like how often do you wash your sheets? Probably fortnightly at the moment. Yeah, I'm the same actually. Yeah, but I do like a weekly wash because I really like fresh linen. But I'm the only person sleeping in there, so. 
I think when you've got like a man in there, they're much smellier and sweatier. And so I think it needs to be weekly, but when it's just me. Yeah. Um, but then I don't, I don't think single men wash their sheets every week. Oh, it's I, hell no. I remember, once a month, once every two yeah. months is probably. A guy actually admitted that to me. Really? Yeah. I never would have slept over at his house. No, <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> Um, now, when it comes to washing your bras, I, well, I, I think a good point to make is cost per wear. If you're wearing it every day, I mean, you should be spending like a hundred bucks on a bra. You should be. Um, another tip for bras: our and we get this a lot on our stories. People tagging us on stories: our calico bags that we do for our goodie bags, the ones that have the little um, like quotes on them. Mm. They make good laundry bags ah. for throwing like delicate things into like bras or um, stockings and things like that into the wash. Um, like, you know, your mum probably has those meshy ones, but if you don't have those and you've got something delicate to put in the wash, you could use that calico bag. Um, and so what is the issue with not washing your bras frequently enough? Um, so if you, according to Reader's Digest, again, if you don't wash it every three to four wears, it can start to accumulate dirt, oil, bacteria, sweat, all of the things that you would expect it to. Yeah. So I think I need to get into some better habits. Not that I'm really wearing my bras frequently at the moment and I am washing like my crops and sports bras every day and I always wash them after everywhere. But I think I'm going to have to get better with the underwire. It would totally make sense that your boob sweat would cause oh, yeah. bacteria. And it's near your underarms as well. So if you're a sweaty person. I forget where like that bacteria can actually grow in areas that you're not washing. Like I do what that's yeah. another good one. Who's washing their boobs? Well, what we discovered was that we didn't wash our feet. Yes. And that's something that a lot of people have messaged me about. And even my mum was like, I listened to your episode. Why don't you no, wash your feet? I never... <laughs> I like, they get wet in the shower. Like I don't soak them up. I think I've only done it when I've removed tan. Uh, yes. I probably haven't even done it then. Do you put like a body wash or something on your feet when you scrub your tan off? No, I use a coffee scrub before tanning. Oh, well, I guess that counts as washing them. Yeah. And we probably exfoliate our tans off once a week usually, don't we? Mm, nah, nah, nah. I had an accumulation. What? I've recently had an accumulation of tan and I looked in the mirror and it looked like I had a rash on my neck and all around my really? hairline. Yeah, I'm really lazy. Wait, so a... you don't scrub your tan off each time that you reapply? No, I just wait for it. You to... just put it over the top? Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised your tan looks, but it looks good all the time. So, But what I do is I just do a gradual tan. If I'm like, like today, uh, I'm, I've got to do something on camera today. So I just do gradual tan and then I do my face tan. But because I'm using yeah. face exfoliator like all the time, my face tan always looks good. And then if my yeah. body starts to look weird and patchy, I'll then do a coffee scrub in the shower. Okay. Yeah, I exfoliate uh, before every tan application. Otherwise, mine just goes really patchy. That doesn't surprise me, Joe. Doesn't surprise yeah. me. <laughs> so we want to know how often you guys wash your bras. So DM us if you're not a frequent bra washer. I'm going to try and get better. But that's my admission for today is I don't wash my bras regularly enough. Welcome to our next guest. Natalie Ann is a hairstylist, hairdresser, award-winning hairdresser, I should say, with 526K on Instagram. Nat, hello and welcome. Hey, 
guys. I miss Adore Beauty and I miss Melbourne. I know. It's nice to chat to you. It's been a while, although I do stalk you a fair bit on Instagram because I love your videos. Me too. Guilty of that. <laughs> Same. I feel like I um, I talk to you and see you guys quite regularly. <laughs> Now, how does someone amass such a huge following just from posting hair videos? Like, it's like anything. You guys have, heard, like, basically built this incredible community of, of women that that, uh, that follow you and trust you. And I think it's, it's all got to do with being super authentic and, yep. and me not being afraid or uh, apologetic to share what I, I really think and feel. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. Definitely. And I think you, um, in your videos show how easy it can be to do hair and that it's not necessarily intimidating. Anyone can, you know, use a tool if they've got the right education, I guess. A hundred percent. And I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of me (laughs) during this isolation period. (laughs) Now, a question that we get all the time, because we range a lot of salon hair care brands out of door, and a question Mm -hmm. that we get regularly is, what is the biggest difference between salon or professional hair care and the stuff that you can buy from the supermarket? Is it worth the price that you're paying for the professional stuff? Look, I think it's always going to be up to the individual what they choose to invest in. Um, you know, first and foremost, what they can afford. Um, but, you know, aesthetically, you're, you're paying for packaging. You're paying for, you know, amazing signature and custom fragrances. Oh, yes, oh, that's so um, true. <laughs> but, you know, professional shampoos and um, supermarket shampoos both cleanse the scalp. Yeah. But how they cleanse the scalp is the difference. Most supermarket shampoos strip the natural oils back with sulfate, mm-hmm. not to mention that they are filled with water um, and, and sulfate basically to just cleanse your hair. Whereas professional shampoos have vitamins and minerals and better ingredients and mm-hmm. the concentration of those ingredients are far larger than supermarket shampoos. So you're definitely paying for that. Absolutely. And for, for me, that's value. Like I don't know if you guys have ever been in a hotel and you've had to use, you know, bad shampoo. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you'll find that you have to use the whole tester mm. on like one shampoo. Mm. In opposed to, you know, using your pro shampoos and you 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 literally use an arm and size amount. Yeah. So, you know, it is it is about concentration and, and quality. What are sulfates and what do they um, what do they actually do? They're harsh, um, harsh sort of uh, salts that cleanse the scalp. Okay. Um, and they can remove all of the natural oil as well as the impurities. So on ingredients, just to expand further on that, what kind of ingredients should different hair types avoid in their hair care? Can some hair types tolerate different ingredients better than others? Yeah, look, I think anyone who's had chemical services, anybody who has coloured their hair, you know, they're the ones that should definitely avoid sulfate. So people with chemically treated hair might want to avoid them more than, say, if you if you had virgin hair without too many yeah. concerns. And silicones is another one. You want to avoid um, non-waterable, non-water soluble silicones. Um, you know, supermarket shampoos have types of silicones in there that build up in the hair mm-hmm. and cause like a temporary illusion of shine. Mm. Um, but when you go to strip that back during a color service, um, it tends to add a barrier, you know, for your hairdresser in order to be able to lift that out. 
Right. That's where hair starts to heat up and that's where we get a little bit of like complications happening. I remember when Joe, when I got my hair dyed blonde, that yes. was like a real sticking point. What shampoo had I been using? Yep. Um, because it was going to be more difficult to lift the colour. Well, that makes more sense then. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm currently using a colour protection shampoo and mask on my hair because I've got much lighter ends at the moment and I'm trying to maintain that. Do colour protection yeah. products actually work? hundred percent. You'll find most colour protection products will have vitamins like vitamin B uh, Pro Pro 5. You'll see a lot of that in like supermarket shampoos. Um, you'll see a lot more like conditioning type agents in the professional shampoos. And, you know, we really want to lock that cuticle down when your hair is coloured to make sure that we your colour doesn't fade. So we want to shut that cuticle down. So usually they do that with, with hydration. But also we're seeing a lot more bond building type products now. So like the Olaplexes of the yeah. world and all the types of plexes that have come out. Um, and that's, you know, it, it starts in the salon with, with what we apply our oil treatments mm -hmm. into our colour in order to make sure that we are looking after the hair while we're colouring. But then also making sure that you take that home with you to mm. top it up as you go. Yeah. So do you find that the clients that take home professional hair care to maintain their hair at home, do you find they're coming back for services and their hair is in better condition? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, most 90% of my clients mm -hmm. use professional hair care. Um, and the 10% that don't probably buy from a door, to be yeah, honest, because yeah. we don't stock all the stuff that they would want to try. Um, so, and you know, you guys are the ones that we do refer to if they do want like an Orbe or a Christophe Robin or whoever it may be that we don't stop. Yeah. Well, I feel like in the last five years, people have only just started to realize that you can't walk into a skin clinic and get a facial and then expect the results of that facial to last you six months between your next facial that you have. And it's the same concept, I guess, when it comes to hair care, you can't expect yeah. the results of that treatment that you have to last six months until your next color or six weeks even. You know, but that that kind of brings up that massive debate. You know, the problem with hair care, and I've always said it, girls will invest more in their skin and their makeup than they will their hair. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm sure you guys have one or two or three brushes, you know, yeah. hair brushes, but you might have 50 makeup brushes. Yeah. So, like, it's very interesting to me, you know, how much more women are willing to sort of spend on their skin and their face than they are their hair. But I put yeah. that down to the fact that you don't see results straight away yeah. with hair care. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. It is. It's, you know, it's that constant maintenance and, you know, what do I do for oily hair types? Mm -hmm. What do I do for – I want more shine and I want this. And I think a lot of girls have been, I guess, disappointed over the years, especially curly girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like their, me. Because their vanity, their vanity cupboards are filled with, with shit. Yeah. yeah. Can I say shit? Yes, yeah, like it's go just, for it. You know, they're, they're constantly like – being sold things that they don't necessarily need. Mm -hmm. mm. As a curly frizzy girl, like you lose, you lose faith in the products. A hundred percent, and you lose faith in, the, I guess, in in the beauty industry sometimes, because you're kind of like, why is there not a product that's been developed for me? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it? And I think 
you know, you you both are extremely educated, you know, so the fact that you can still say that, it's, it's imagine how like a normal girl yeah. feels, you know, if she hasn't had a thorough consultation with a hairdresser. Yeah, well, to be honest, I think a lot of people buy Olaplex not knowing what it's actually doing. Yes, yeah. so true. <laughs> that is so, my sister's like, I don't know what this is doing, but I'm just going to use yeah. it. And then I think that's the brilliant part about marketing as well, you know, and I think hair goes in cycles and trends like anything else it's like there's a fad and everyone wants to talk about the plexes and the plexes and the plexes and then all of a sudden like they just stop using it because they realize that they probably don't need to because they haven't colored their hair in six months do you know what I mean yeah yeah do you in terms of like salon treatments for frizzy hair um are there Mm -hmm. any that you do recommend because I'm actually trying to do some research for myself because I'm like when isolation's over yeah when isolation's over I'm gonna go get some sort of professional treatment to try to manage the frizz okay so let me just unpack that do you want this this treatment to be permanently cosmetic yeah I think so I think so because it's honestly at the end of the day like if it can cut down your styling time and the amount of heat tools that I'm using I feel like it it might be like worth it I agree and I've always that's kind of usually how I would consult my clients you know if they're yeah running to the iron every single day to maintain their suits you know straight hair let's look at a longer lasting you know chemical service yeah um i I'm not a fan of keratin services in particular. Oh, you're not. But there are new versions. No, there's new versions of keratins um, or, or, or smoothing treatments. Like we use a product called AG1, um, which is not okay. very commercial. It hasn't had much marketing, but it's a shampoo application. Um, it doesn't have any of the nasty sort of chemicals that have been banned like formaldehyde because that's, you know, an embalming agent that has, you know, been proven to be a carcinogenic. So mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, has been banned in Australia. Um, but when they removed the formaldehyde from those smoothing treatments, they no longer were very smooth. Right. Yes. So they had to find other active ingredients that would replace them. And I'm finding that AG1 is giving my clients the best results. I'm thinking, thinking this is a beauty risk taker video, Joanna, for YouTube. 100%. Yeah, you sh- Yeah, you should try it. Well, I mean, Hannah did have a keratin smoothing treatment in Brazil and got a mullet from it. So um... <laughs> I was, <laughs> no, it was actually, it wasn't keratin. It was actually, I was in like this small town in Brazil. This is a very long time ago. And I went to this hairdresser and said, can you just like straight? chemically straighten it you know the really hardcore straightening treatment yeah like like back in the day yeah yeah back in the day this was like what 12 years ago um and my hair all fell out and I had a reverse mullet (laughs) (laughs) look I wouldn't and she went back and did it again somewhere else yeah then I did it in Thailand like a like a year later and my hair fell out so you did it again yes You know what? When you when you're traveling in humidity for months, when on you're end, desperate, I get it. I'm a curly frizzy yeah, girl. I understand. Yeah. I'm Lebanese. I understand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think the reason for that is because you're overseas. I've been overseas for a couple of months, and I'm just like at the end of my tether, and I'm feeling really unattractive, and like I can't like I'm just like I want this over. So everybody after COVID. So yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm feeling. I want to try the curly girl method, which I keep hearing about. Can you tell us a bit more about it? You really want to try it? Yeah, I was thinking of doing that before I go through the hair, the, the straightening treatment or okay. the relaxing. So the curly girl method traditionally, it's not a diet. 
So it's I like to pitch it that way. It's not like a fad diet. It's not a detox. Yeah. I mean, it's something. It, it's a way of life. It, it is. It's a commitment process to to yourself, to your hair, and and to going back to it. Your natural, your natural mm. state, basically. Um, so, you know, when people want to try it, I guess they'll never see the true results of the methodology until they're living that lifestyle, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, you have to avoid shampoo. Oh, what? Heat. <laughs> combs and brushes. Oh, my God. Sulfates, okay. <laughs> non-water soluble silicates and alcohol. Oh, oh, not the consumption of alcohol. Oh, the, okay. the topical, the topical, the topical, like, the topical um, alcohol. That is really a way of life. Uh, yeah, it really, I'm not joking. I think being vegan for a curly girl would be easier. Oh my god! Wow. Because yeah, I think I think curly girls like you want to use your heat tools. You know what? And uh, and this is the one thing that I would say to most girls: you just got to do it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're using the right heat protectant, if you are only um, disciplining the curls after you diffuse or after you let it dry naturally, if you're only disciplining the random curls that are super straight, then go for it because the rest of your hair is going to get super healthy and, and be more encouraged to like be shiny and bouncy and recoil. Um, so you're going to have to, especially the girls that are growing out a chemical straightener, you know, I mm-hmm. actually teach them to heat style where the straight bit is and leave their natural alone. And for difficult hair types, say you've got a really oily scalp, I find that we get a lot of questions at Adore Beauty about this. People with really oily scalps and dry ends, what kind of hair care routine do you recommend for a hair type like that? I know this is going to sound sort of counterintuitive, but, mm-hmm. you know, Oily roots are usually caused, like if it's not genetic and you haven't had them since you were a child, I'm going to say they're actually caused from dehydration. Right. So when when your roots are oily, it's because your roots are telling, your body tells you that, you know, you need hydration. Like I'm going to run to the the surface. I'm going to try and rescue, rescue your hair with all of this beautiful natural oil. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of that after a chemical service. So mm-hmm. after a keratin, um, if you overheat style your hair. So if you're straightening your hair all the time, you'll find that your hair will be more oily. Okay. Than if you were to blow dry your hair, for example. Right. And it's because you're applying more heat and then it tells your body to then send more oil to the rescue. Interesting. Well, it's a kind of the same Does concept for sense? skin, actually. Like, I mean, the scalp 100%. is an extension of your skin on your face. So, yeah. So the first thing that I would say is like try and avoid heat styling, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, try and extend your your period of shampooing time. So if you're normally shampooing every day, I would try and go every second day. Okay. Just to start building that momentum because then your body will get into that routine like, oh, I'm not going to get washed today, so I'm not going to be as greasy. Yeah. And then slowly but surely you might be able to extend it out those three days. Mm-hmm. You also want to avoid um, heavy hydration type products, anything that has oil in it on your actual scalp. Um, you want to make sure that you are washing your shampoo out completely before applying your conditioner yeah a lot of people aren't washing their shampoo out properly (laughs) and dry shampoo you know Mm -hmm. like 
I think dry shampoo is like every oily girl's savior. You know, yeah. it's the one. It's the one that gets them through that. You know, second, third day. Um, do you recommend double shampooing? Because I have spoken to a number of hairdressers and hairstylists who either don't or they do. I'm currently doing a bit of a double shampoo at Same. the moment, but I don't know if I should be. Okay, so for someone like me, I shampoo three times. Whoa. Same. Oh, my what? God, I didn't want to say that in case I was so wrong. <laughs> no, was, you're not wrong. Oh, I do like, three. And if you go to the hairdresser and they give you one shampoo, you're going to feel like you have been gypped yes, yeah, totally. or ripped off. And we definitely didn't do our job properly because half the time we've just taken off the layer of makeup you've got around your front hairline. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like it's, you know, so and even with my oily girls, the one thing that I always recommend to them is to dry shampoo. So mm-hmm. not dry shampoo in a can, not wet their hair oh. prior to applying the product. It's really? a Japanese ritual that works really well for oily hair, um, psoriasis. Wow. Uh, um, With a particular shampoo or just any shampoo? Yeah, look, you you kind of want to – when I say clarifying shampoo, I still mean clarifying without sulfates. Yes. So something okay. like O&M clarifying shampoo. Yeah. There's lots of extension shampoos on the market that are oil-free mm-hmm. and um, paraben-free and sulfate-free. And those types of anything with peppermint in it, to be honest, okay. really gives you a, a good thorough cleanse. Yep. Anything with charcoal in it will give you a really good thorough cleanse. So you're looking for peppermint, spearmint, or charcoal. Yep. And literally before you, you know, jump in the shower, you're going to apply that into like hot cross bun sort of sections and mm-hmm. really just take your time, love your scalp, give yourself a good scrub. And that's going to stimulate, you know, the removal of all of that grime. Wow. That is so interesting. I've never heard that concept before ever. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if I'm styling my hair for an event, I blow dry it, straighten it, and then I'll sometimes add in a curling wand to add curls. Do, Mm -hmm. will a heat protectant actually protect my hair from that much heat? So hold on. You're blow drying, you're straightening, then you're curling. Yep. Yep. Didn't we have this conversation last time I was there? <laughs> no, you no no no, you you showed me how to blow dry my hair. Sorry, you showed me how to straighten my hair properly, which by the yes. way, game changer. Game changer. Um, right. But hold on. So why are we still blow drying, straightening, then curling? Oh, because there's no way that I could blow dry my hair straight enough to then add curls to it. I, I still need Okay, so yeah. you're curling with a wand. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, a wand. Right. So I think <sighs> If I'm going to take off my hairdresser hat, yep. I'm going to say any heat protectant is going to be better than, better than no heat protectant. Yeah. But does, can heat protectant but really do that much? Like can it, it can. Okay. It definitely right. can. That's good it, to know. It, 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 yeah, it can. But it's only going to protect you from, you know, 185 plus okay. like 90, like 190 degrees. I mean, most say 220. Yeah. But, you know, there's been scientific studies by JHD and their scientists to say that the optimal temperature for styling is 185 degrees. Yeah. And imagine how hot your hair is heating up to. Yeah. Well, she's going in with a dryer yeah. at like yeah. 220. Yeah. Then she's going <laughs> yeah. back in with maybe a JHD at 185. <laughs> and then she's like, you know what? I'm – Seriously, don't have time, and I got to get to my podcast. So yeah. I'm gonna ramp it up to 220, yeah. and then curl it. You wonder why my hair is the way that it is, babe. No, we heat, don't want no that heat at all. Protectants going I to save you from that. I always forget, and, and by the way, I always forget the heat protectant. So 
Okay. Yeah. You know what? It's it's just got to be something that is it, habitual. Like you've got to build it into your routine. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I used to forget primer. Yeah. 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 You know, and it was like, and I used to use Napoleon Autopilot back in the day. And, yeah. I, you know, it was something that I would always forget to use because it was just not natural. And mm-hmm. it's it's not until you get into that routine and that swing of things. Set an alarm on your phone. I just have a ritual of when I dry my hair, before I dry it, I put in um, Purology Colour Fanatic. And that's like a, a multi-use product, but it's also a heat protectant. That's by L'Oreal, right? Um, yes, Purology. Yeah. Yes. That's nice. Um, yeah, so I just do that before I dry it and that's just become a habit of mine because I used to forget constantly and I found that when I was putting it into dry hair, if it was like a wet product and it was before I was going to be straightening or curling my hair, it would just sit in my hair mm. like wet. So now I put it in before I dry it and I'm like, yep, that's – So I do both yeah. because, you know, it's one of those things like the curly girl method preaches like, you know, an excess amount of product, like more product than what we would but on drenching hair. So for me, you're going to lose half that product down the drain, right? Or like wringing it out. So I like to go in wet and then I will go again. I will like directional dry my hair. So not blast dry it like a crazy person. I literally dry it with no brush. And then I will go in and I will spray like sort of two to three centimeter sections with the heat protectant again okay right so you're really going ham well, with it's it. thorough it's you know it's it, otherwise you're just missing spots and your hair is super porous in certain areas and it's not in other areas but you know I, I think we should do a live I'm gonna teach you how to do it well let's schedule in a live with Nat so that we can learn how to do our hair <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> I look forward to it. Well, thank you so much, Nat, for joining us today. Um, your, You're so welcome. Your little tips and tricks have been game-changing for me. Lots of little things that I've learned today. And for me. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to you guys. I listen to the podcast all the time. I think oh. my favourite, one of my favourite ones was about the gut health. with the Oh, yes. yeah. That yep. was so good. So, um, you know, I hope that, you know, your, your listeners found this equally as, um, I guess, informative i'm sure they would have and now you can go and listen to yourself back on the podcast (laughs) how fun (laughs) thanks bye girls thank you okay so product we didn't know we needed Mm -hmm. um by the way i'd really like to see more people using that gif that we have on instagram of the pwd kwn if you buy a pwd kwn that we have mentioned and you post it and tag us Yes. And tag us. Yeah, we want to see what you're buying. Quite a few people are doing Milky Foot at the moment. We don't even stock Milky yes. Foot. Yes. I think people were confused. I feel that people think that, like, Milky Foot sponsored that or something. It, like, yeah, no, they absolutely didn't. Absolutely did not. Like, they Yeah, they just sent it to us after listening to the podiatrist episode and we were like, oh, well, we'll give it a go. <laughs> so what is your product today? So my product is something that I'm using currently because I'm trying to make the transition back to natural deodorant, which I've already done at some point. And then I went back to normal deodorant and now I'm trying to go back, which is a hard thing to do because there's this transition period when you switch to a natural deodorant, which you're doing as well, Hannah, at the moment. Oh my God. Um, I'm like on and off. And it's about four to six weeks where you notice that you smell a lot more um, than you're used to, probably mainly because you're used to wearing an antiperspirant deodorant that prevents you from sweating or producing like 
an odor and then you've gone to using something that is just designed to deodorize smell and it's just that four to six weeks is very hard to push through. And I think that's why a lot of people go, nah, natural deodorant's not for me because they don't realize that there's this four to six week period that you have to push through. Um, And once you're through that, honestly, like natural deodorant is great. And I found it did its job and it kept me smelling fine. So the product that I am using at the moment is the La Vanilla, the Healthy Underarm Detox Mask. This is a basically a charcoal mask that you're meant to put under your arms. So this really helps when you're going through this transition period of switching over to a natural deodorant, but it can also just be used as a like a nice thing to do every week in your self-care routine. Um, so it's got active charcoal in it to exfoliate and purify under the arms. And then it's got malic acid, which is a really gentle AHA. So that helps to exfoliate the skin under the arm, which as we've discussed before, Hannah, that's something that we mm-hmm. try to do to reduce smell under our arms anyway. So I previously was using a apple cider vinegar. So very similar, like malic acid is derived from green apples. Mm-hmm. And then um, silica helps to nourish the skin under the arm. So it's not fully drying out your underarm, but it's just neutralizing everything um, so that it reduces the smell. So I would apply this in the morning before I have a shower, have a shower, wash it off, and then do my natural deodorant. So I think that you should buy this because mm. <laughs> you keep saying how much you stink and I think that this would make you feel a lot better like sometimes I'm like I like I offend myself at my own desk at home well lucky we're in isolation so this is the perfect time to do it I am gonna continue but I'm at the moment I'm not fully doing natural every day I'm you've doing... got to push through now nah, oh. you've got to, you've just got to do it cold turkey you've got to push through do I need to throw out all my deodorant <laughs> yep you're going to have to give it to Linda, hand it over. <gasps> oh, I feel like I feel like I have to because it's really hard yeah. to fully commit because once you stink, like you re- like I yeah. literally am like, wow, like sometimes I'll go just to bed. Just reapply it. You can reapply okay. it. I would just, you can cleanse your underarm. If you start to smell, just clean your underarm with, you know, a cloth or something and water and then reapply your deodorant. What is the best natural deodorant? I really like the La Vanilla one. Okay. The Sport Lux. I think it's called the Sport Lux one. I really like that one. And the Black Chicken deodorant paste is also a good one, but a different, a but a different way of applying. Yeah, You've got to scoop it out of the jar and put it under your arm. So oh. if that's not your vibe, the La Vanilla one is a roll-on, which is probably more my type of deodorant because I don't really want to put my fingers in it. But um, the Axilla one by Black Chicken is very popular and apparently very good. So Hannah, what is your product you didn't know you needed for today? So I have chosen a dry shampoo, but look, I know there's a million dry shampoos and I've tried so many of them, but I this is so have I. probably my favorite because of the actual, the scent of it. Like, you know how dry shampoos don't always have like a nice perfumed scent that actually covers yep. how dirty your hair is? Like it, it mm-hmm. covers like the, the grease and the oil. It's the Mr. Smith dry shampoo. It's actually, I think, exclusively online at a door. It is. And I have to say, this has been one of the the best dry shampoos I've used. Oh, so you're the same. And I've used a lot. Oh, yeah, I love I've used it. a lot. In fine hair, I find it doesn't make fine hair oilier. Like uh, there's something about dry shampoos in an aerosol that make my hair flat. 
Right, but it's also got no, literally does not have a powdery residue. Um, but yeah, I think none. my favorite, and look, there's some really good dry shampoos that are the same, but this, what I really love about this one is that it's got a really beautiful scent. Um, so mm-hmm. it'll definitely mask, or I don't know, does your hair smell? Like if you've been out to a nightclub yeah. or a bar or like if you know someone that like smoke and then your hair stinks and you have yeah. to wash it. Although I have to, I just, I can't not wash it after I've got smoke or something in it. I have to wash it. <laughs> but in a, in a general general sense where my hair's dirty and I feel like it it smells a bit you know it's got that smell that you would want to refresh it I find the yes. scent of the Mr. Smith one just really refreshes the hair and it lingers around so it doesn't like yeah. disappear straight away but the best thing for me just for fine hair I really struggle with dry shampoos which is why I really like that R&Co spiritualized one because I can dry it in and it gives me volume I'm too lazy for that yeah see I am too lazy to wash it but not too lazy to wet it and dry it in that's I, I can do that part but yeah I, I really am loving the Mr. Smith one which I don't usually love aerosol dry shampoos I'm also loving their packaging I know it looks so nice in your bathroom doesn't it yeah, I've got to get rid of everything else and just have Mr. Smith and my Femme Fresh and that's it. <laughs> in my in my shower. Did you see that? Did you see that video I did? It was like I cleared up my entire shower and just had Mr. Smith, which is all beautiful black and white monochrome packaging and Femme Fresh. Oh my god, I totally missed this. I never miss your story. Actually, now would be a good time to get off Femme Fresh. Yeah, it? it would be. <laughs> get off deodorant, get yeah, off Femme Fresh. But you love your Femme Fresh. Live your life. Do what you want to do. I love my Femme Fresh. I don't want to give it up. (laughs) Any final words, Joanna? Um, I just hope everyone's doing okay. (laughs) I've lost track of what day it is, what week it is, what month it is. I know. And I actually saw someone because, you know how, you know, I love like to travel. Yeah. Someone that I know like from traveling had posted this thing, I think on Facebook that was like, you know, I took this so much for granted, like being able to travel and see new places and experience new cultures. That is so how I feel at the moment. Like I never really. Absolutely. No one saw this coming. Like you, there's so many lasts that you would have had that you didn't know you were having yeah. at the time. So I feel like I definitely took that, like the, the the ability to be able to travel and see new places for granted. It'll be a relief when we can travel again and when we can live our lives normally and when we can be back in the studio recording face-to-face instead of over the phone. I know. I know. I feel like, it will it be different? I don't know. It might be. I see you on, on Google Hangouts, but I haven't yeah. seen you in person for a while. I know. I know. It's it's definitely strange, but we're getting used to it and hopefully we'll be back in the studio soon. But apparently we sound like we're still together. My friends said we still sound like we're recording together. So I hope everyone else thinks that. Thanks, guys. That's (laughs) so nice. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.